CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. Welcome back to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast from Haven, the Home Builders Association, Vancouver. It's season four, and we're following the Burden family through their real-time renovation. This is not just a weekend makeover like you might see on reality TV. We're talking real life, a real renovation. The entire main and upper floors of their East Vancouver Heritage Home are being gutted. Back to the studs to bring the home to its original 1912 glory with modern conveniences and finishes for increased efficiency, comfort, and safety. The Burden's goal is to live in the basement where they currently are right now with their two small kids for the duration of the project estimated to take five to six months once construction starts for each episode this season we are bringing in the family builder and designer at key points in the project to share their experiences and lessons learned to help shed light on the real renovation process and as always all episodes transcripts and resources are available at haven.ca slash measure twice cut once including photos of the project Let's get into today's podcast. Okay, so we left off last time at like a really crucial moment. We were about to demo the home. How are you guys feeling now that it's been demoed? Yeah, things got got real quick. <laughs> it doesn't take long to demo demo a house. <laughs> yeah, it's it's happening and a little bit nerve wracking. I feel like you had a real honest reaction there. That's how people feel after the demo. Okay, Alex, let's start with you because you're the person that led the demolition, you're hands-on. Walk us through the process because I think a lot of people just think when you're demoing a house that it's just like everyone's ripping out stuff, but there's actually a science behind it. And as you go, you uncover different things. Demo went uh, relatively smoothly, um, you know, allowed for two weeks in the schedule there and we were able to finish uh, ahead of schedule. You know, once we were able to clear all the garbage out, you know, get all that drywall uh, removed, you know, we were able to really see what's uh, what's happening in these walls and, you know, what's what's going on. You know, so we were able to find a couple of good things, but also a lot of concerning items that we had to walk through with uh, with, with Skyla and Justin. And I know one of the good things was was something that was kind of discussed on during the design process. One of the positives that we found was that we actually could open up a little bit in that dining room so that we could have a little bit more open concept so that there's better flow from the kitchen to the dining room. And so that was our very optimistic best case scenario for that dining room. So we are happy to be able to incorporate that back in the design without having any engineering involved with that because there actually was an old door that was framed there. So it wasn't as load bearing as we anticipated. Anything else good from the demolition? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> that's comforting. Um, okay, going over to the homeowners, is the demolition and what they found is what you expected? Or is this a little bit uh, different from your vision of the demolition process? I mean, like Skyla said, it got it got real, real fast. So day one, we have bins out on the street, uh, neighbors walking by, everyone knows in the neighborhood now that we've we've got a big project underway, right? So all the signs are there, grabbed a few sneak peeks up through the, the basement door there and got an appreciation for how much progress you can make in in a day, two days, three days. So 
it wasn't it didn't take long to see you know all the drywall down all the all the appliances gone all the finishing work piled in the living room and then the next day in the dumpster so it was really impressive to see as we neared the end of that we you know got a few phone calls and you know there's some emails going back and forth and you know we're starting to to get a sense that there may be some issues that we have to deal with and you know we talked in the last episode we understand that this is a this is an old house and there are unknowns. And I think that was the fear, right? The great unknown. So as it turns out, there were some unforeseen issues and things that we have to deal with to move forward. Yeah. And, and kind of one of those things that, you know, that kind of came up as we completed the demo was upstairs on that second floor, all the, all the sheathing, a lot of it was just rotten, you know, and that was a mix of it being an older roof and also poor ventilation in that attic, which really limited the lifespan of that roof. And yeah, that was one of the, you know, one of those surprises where, you know, kind of in your face is something that you're just going to have to to deal with. Just to make it clear for the audience, you guys are going to have to replace the roof now in its entirety. The roof and the sheathing. The sheathing. So all the all the plywood sheathing, if you walk upstairs now that the drywall is off, the insulation's gone is a lot of that plywood sheathing is is black, discolored. There's a few really soft spots, right, Alex, where you can literally push your finger through. So there's been some water ingress for seemingly quite a while um, that has, you know, degraded the um, the sheathing. And that wasn't something we anticipated. Yeah, and when the guys were doing demo, there was existing carpet upstairs. And once they, you know, removed the carpet in one of the bedrooms, there was just a pool of water just sitting there. And it wasn't previously noticed because it was just an existing closet. And I mean, nobody's going to, you know, all your stuff is in there, right? So it's not an apparent issue. I guess good thing that a little bit came from it was we were already doing roofing work anyways. Part of the project involved closing in a couple skylights and also replacing skylights. So there's going to be some roofing work anyways. You know, now is kind of the time, you know, granted, we already knew we were going to do some roof work. You know, now is kind of the time to, to finish it off and not have to worry about it for another 25, 30 years. How long does this affect the timeline then, Alex, by the time they get the new roof? Like how much longer is this project going to take now? I wouldn't say the roof is a dependable variable that will affect the final timeline. It's more so other factors that come into play that that will affect other things. So the roofing wouldn't be one of those things that, that affects. It just needs to be done before we insulate. But that's something we can easily schedule in. So that's a positive then if it's not affecting the timeline too much then? No, it's just an extra cost that, you know, Skyland and Justin weren't necessarily preparing for. And I think one of the big things with this roof replacement is usually your roof has like a 25, 30 year lifespan, but you would just replace the shingles, but their sheathing is rotten. So you actually have to replace all that backing and the plywood, which makes it bigger task than just replacing your shingles. And for anyone that doesn't know what, what is sheathing? Just basically the plywood that goes on top of the trusses and then you have your waterproofing and your shingles. But one of the other things that the engineer found that we did not expect at all was we have to do a new ridge beam in the primary bedroom. It's not even a two by four now, and that's what's holding up the peak of the roof. And so that Alex can expand on more, I believe will have an impact on the framing timeline. Yeah. So originally, yeah, this project evolved in many ways where, you know, we originally had a floor plan and Kara had, you know, these design plans and you know, when, once we met with the engineer, we, there's going to be a lot of footing work. And, you know, we went we went away from that plan, not only for budget, but also because Skyla and Justin were living downstairs. 
So as part of the scope of work and as part of Kara's plan was we were going to try to keep things simple to avoid some of that engineering work. You know, as we opened things up and found out what was really going on with the house, uh, it wasn't necessarily the design plans that kind of resulted in some of these changes. There were just safety concerns that the engineer had to make the house structurally sound. And maybe Justin can attest to this because he's also an engineer. An engineer, he's putting his liability on the house. So if we're opening things up and he sees something that's unsafe, he's going to want us to address it. And those were some of the surprises that uh, that came up. And unfortunately, with that came not only cost, but also added time frame where, you know, this this does push things three weeks basically behind schedule because we have to get all this work done before our electrician can get in there, before our plumber can get in there. So we're not, you know, having to redo work. So some of these added surprises with the engineering, not only increase costs, but also increase our, our timeline as well. And when you do see the the home opened up and, and demoed, you do get an appreciation for these different structural elements that didn't make any sense before. But for instance, like around the fireplace, we had some ideas of maybe exposing the brick, but discovered that I guess some of the support things around the fireplace were holding up the, the third floor. So we, we can't do that. But you can actually see them and appreciate that once the house is demoed. Like you can literally see, oh, yeah, that is like the only support structure for <laughs> this area of the house. So, you know, I think it's important that homeowners do see their home demoed and do see the puddles of water. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> it gives you, uh, yeah, it gives you that real view lens of, of what's going on with your with your home. It's always a concern of over-engineering things and making things overkill. I think that's the one advantage that it's important for a contractor to have with an engineer is we can have that dialogue back and forth with him and say, you know, some engineers are like, well, this is my way. This is the highway. This is what we want done, right? And that may end up being... X amount of dollars and X amount of time frame for, you know, for the client, you know, but in this scenario, we were able to go back to the engineer and say, Hey, are we able to do this? Are we able to consider this to save some time and money? I know it sucks that you guys are going to have to incur this cost, but Alex, isn't this something that they would have had to go and do down the line anyways? Like say if they went and lived in there for a while, eventually they'd have to replace the roof. I know that doesn't really make it easier, but was this something that was eventually going to be an issue in the next few years? The roof, you can really replace at any time. Obviously the sheathing, you can't. This is one of those things where everything is already opened. You might as well address it. I would say, you know, if this project wasn't a full gut and we weren't, upgrading the bones of the house and making it more energy efficient and making it somewhere they're going to live for the rest of their life. And, you know, we wouldn't be removing all the drywall and we wouldn't be exposing all those existing engineering issues and we wouldn't really have known about them. Right. So it's just one of those things that come up in a a larger scale project where, I mean, now is time to do it because you can't do it later. That might've been a silver lining there with the roof, just being able to be aware that that rot was occurring because before that, we didn't have any idea that there was, you know, water ingress up there. You know, it was probably within five years, regardless, uh, needed to be replaced. And as Alex said, you know, when you consider the patching that has to be done, the skylight replacements, now's the time to just do the whole thing. So, And then just having that risk of spending all this money on this house, making it like a magazine, and then, you know, all of a sudden one day there's a pool of water up in your roof upstairs. One of those things you don't never want to have happen. With the engineering stuff, so the three Alexes and me walked through the house earlier in the week. And like Skyla said, you 
you get an appreciation. You can see the the one by four ridge beam that's holding up your entire master bedroom, and you have an appreciation for the fact that that needs to be improved. You get a sense of, you know, in, in the original design proposal, why it would be so difficult to move a wall in the upstairs bathroom because of all the inverted roof lines and rafters that terminate on posts throughout that entire area. Going downstairs, and Alex has brought this up, but there is a there's a, a large beam that spans the, the living room and dining room, and that had a, a major deflection in it. You can stand there and look at it, and Alex, you know, explained not only is this an engineering issue in terms of safety, but when we finish that and try and mount crown molding around there, it's not going to be squared. You're going to be able to see that. So these are all things when we were having the discussion, my my heart kind of sank. I'm thinking, oh no, did what are the budget implications here? Like are are we going to be able to absorb this? Where are we gonna where are we gonna find the funds to cover this kind of work. Luckily, we will be able to accommodate it. It may, it may impact some of our future projects, future timelines uh, in terms of other things that we want to we wanna take care of, but the engineering and the roof are critical things that we need to address now, and, and there really is no, no other option but to, to do the work. So, Well, if the current findings, is there anything in the design that maybe you have to cut back on now? Is there anything uh, that you guys are maybe not going to get on your wish list because of this? Or are you guys just going to go full steam ahead with everything? We wanted to expose the brick on the chimney just to kind of have that heritage and that texture in there. But as Skyla mentioned, the framing around the chimney was load bearing upstairs. And then if we expose the brick in the dining room, that meant we couldn't actually fit a fireplace in there. So we had to forego it upstairs because it was load bearing. And then downstairs, actually having a working fireplace was more important than exposing the brick. So we're going to have to kind of pivot there and make a decision on the fly of how we want to finish that without exposing that brick. Is there anything on your wish list that you guys besides the fireplace like might not get now because of the roof that maybe like some fancy appliances or maybe something you wanted to do in another room? No, because of the pandemic, we've had to order everything already. So we've really committed to we ordered appliances and picked them out last year, like in the spring of last year and put deposits on it. And we've ordered all our, our finishing and Alex, you know, has ordered everything. So, you know, it, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm not sure we would have changed our mind because, you know, we're kind of in it now. Yeah, we still remain. Yeah, fully, fully committed. I think if anything, it would impact, you know, maybe phase two, the basement, the timing of that. We're going to have to let the dust settle here and, and see where we're at. So that's, that's really, you know, where where that budget will be pulled from is budgets that were allocated for other projects and, you know, savings. So for the upstairs, I know that bathroom is a big topic because you are tall, uh, Justin. I am not, but uh, even I felt really tall in that bathroom because the ceilings are very slanted. Did anything else come out of that? Are you guys able to change anything after demolition? I know that was one thing we touched upon in the last episode that like maybe we'll be able to change some stuff or is it going to remain the same? One of the walls downstairs in the kitchen that uh, that we thought was not load-bearing uh, turned out to be load-bearing. So for us to shift that wall back and achieve kind of the design intent, we have to install a beam. And 
where that beam has to go. Of course, there's plumbing from upstairs that's in the way. I don't even think this is a major change, but one of the changes that affects the design upstairs is the uh, the location of the drain. It would just have to swap from one end to the other. Actually, pretty much best case scenario in that sense, because we have a tub shower combo. So instead of having a right hand drain, we'll have a left hand drain and the plumbing will just move to the opposite wall so that beam can be installed because that's really important. It results in a bigger kitchen for us. So we need that beam. So just switching the sides of the plumbing it was a really good solution that didn't negatively impact the end result of the bathroom. But we don't get more headroom. Yeah. So we'll we'll just chalk that up to the appeal of the uh, the heritage characteristics of the house. And we're I've, only going to uh, shrink anyway, so... <laughs> There you go. As time goes on. One day you'll fit perfectly. <laughs> I don't see it having a huge impact on my day-to-day life. I, I've used that shower. We were using it before. It's not ideal. It's not like an over-the-head rain shower, but it's going to be fine for me and perfectly suitable for the majority of the people in the house. So To paint a picture, we have a very steep slope in that bathroom where the shower has to go. The highest point in that bathroom is the middle of the bathroom. We had to try to push that tub shower as far into the center as we could within reason. And we did do some things with the design, like we have a rain shower head with a flat arm. And then we also have a hand shower, which gives the flexibility. So if like, don't want to duck a little bit one day because it is, I don't even think we can get at six feet for that shower head. So you do have removable hand shower wands, so you can actually like wash your hair properly. So we tried to do as many design decisions that made it as functional as possible. Kind of what happens when you work with engineers is they'll always spec beam sizes and all that, but they don't take into consideration the final product in terms of trying to achieve whether it's a flush ceiling or you know, a drop ceiling is a drop ceiling. Like if the beam size is a certain way, then we'll have a drop ceiling. Is that okay? You know, and, and those are kind of the conversations that, you know, we have to have with the engineer and with Kara to make sure that that design intent is also is there as well. So they're not specking a beam where you install it and then, you know, you'll have a big drop in your kitchen. What's the point of that? That's kind of that evolution that you have with the engineer once you open things up and you kind of see what's going on and what can we achieve. And that's why you need experts that know what they're doing. If you want to follow along, um, of course, with the photos, if you want to understand more what we're talking about, you can always go to haven.ca slash measure twice cut once and follow the journey of this project because you need to see this bathroom. It is a very slanty uh, roof. So I'll be curious to know. I know you're gonna make it beautiful, Kara. But uh, let's move down to the kitchen because that's some good news. I know in the last episode, you were saying that you want to maybe get a small island in there, but that was vetoed. Can you get a small island in there now? The real point where the island that is the make or break was the corner of the dining room, which we really can't move in like we wanted to because it's a big point load and it would have resulted in several footings downstairs. So our island dreams were gone long ago. I thought maybe that's when you were going to get it when you said there was some good news in the kitchen. I I guess I was wrong. (laughs) We've accepted the news. (laughs) That's the good news. One of the interesting things I found when we did the walkthrough at demo was in the living room and dining room, after the carpet was taken out, you could see all the old original hardwood in that area. It was covered in concrete and self-leveling, so we aren't able to retain that, unfortunately. But it was kind of neat to see that little element of the original house, for sure, which I definitely didn't expect to see. Under the existing hardwood was tile, and then there was yeah, different types of flooring, existing flooring on that main floor. In the dining room and living room, there was carpet, and underneath the carpet was the hardwood. 
but in the rest of the space was hardwood, but underneath that hardwood was tile. So you have different products at different heights. So yeah, that was one of the kind of unforeseen things that came up of, you know, what's what's really going on behind this floor and how are we going to achieve a consistent height throughout we did anticipate slightly because there was a little bit of a ramp down from the hallway to the dining room, but we just really didn't know what was going on under there. So that's going to be, I know Alex and the level one team is trying to figure out the best way to tackle that flooring in regards to self-leveling and having it a one even plane when we install the new engineered hardwood. And I think Justin was able to see that at our walkthrough of you know, how much they actually built up on top of the existing shiplap was just layer upon layer upon layer. So we always anticipated that the, the subfloor was going to require some extra attention. There was definitely some bumps underneath the, the carpet. So, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all comes together in the hopes of getting that continuous floor placed through there. I mean, speaking to the tile, I think there was kind of a nostalgic moment there. Um, I shared some of those photos with Skyla's parents and, you know, those are the, that's the flooring that they remember from, you know, the 80s when they first moved in there in 1981, that uh, black and white checkered tile. So they were kind of excited to see that. But at the same time, you know, they're, they also got to see the pictures of their their home that they were in for 40 years um, back down to the studs. So uh, kind of mixed emotions there. Yeah, Skyla, what do your parents think of this? <laughs> I, I think they're excited. I mean, they did get it in the 80s as well. So like we shared those photos before of the the renovation from back then. So they've seen the house like that. We have very different styles and I think they're anticipating what it's going to look like. So yeah, I think they're excited. I was going to say, are you guys going to pay any like nods to like any of the older 80s styles in the in the design? Like, are you going to bring back that black and white checker tile, but in a more modern fashion or no, it's done? No, Abolish that's not the, the plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are some black and white elements and maybe a pink one, <laughs> but uh, more tastefully not tasteful, more updated. Sorry, Mom. We're going to pay homage to more of the the more original uh, heritage character. That's kind of the goal. And we're bringing some of the elements, the starburst framing on some of the original windows is going to be replicated in the kitchen. So that's going to tie that together. It'll definitely be a change in the feel. I think a transition back to more of a, a heritage type look. What was nerve wracking when we removed the carpet and and under the hardwood was that tile. Uh, I know my first immediate reaction was, oh, shoot, is this asbestos? So, you know, when you're looking at it, you know, it's like, well, if it's asbestos, that's an entirely different conversation in terms of do we remove it? If so, these are the costs. Will if we install new floor on it, you know, will it actually adhere to this substrate? You know, if not, then we have to remove it. And then there's costs with that. So anytime you see flooring built on top of one another, my assumption to think that there was asbestos, but, you know, fortunately we got things tested and those came back, you know, negative. So we were able to to continue on. Yeah, that was, that was my first definite scare is what do we do? So is there no asbestos? Because usually when you renovate a lot of their homes, it's generally there. And like you said, it is an added cost. Did they not have any asbestos at all? No, because the, the home was substantially redone in the late 80s. My guess is that would have already been removed if there was any asbestos. Fortunately for them, there was no asbestos anywhere in, in the house. I can jack up the cost. So we're still dealing with the roof, but at least there's no asbestos on top of that. 
did your parents have to deal with an abatement? Do you know, Skyla? Or yeah, did, I think did, they were did. Were there strict rules back then? I think they did remove all the asbestos. I'm not, yeah, I don't know how, but it was, <laughs> it was removed. I know the roof was a surprise, but uh, was the demolition what you expected? Or did you expect like, okay, no more money being spent? Or did you kind of deep down uh, inside know that like, okay, some little things might come up? Obviously, maybe it wasn't a big thing like the roof. Were you expecting to pay a little bit more? I think we were expecting some things to come up. I think the extent of the engineering requirement definitely exceeded some of my expectations. Certainly, having the engineer have been in there, you know, I guess you really don't have an appreciation for their level of understanding or how much uncertainty they're still working with having seen the framing exposed. So things like the the change out of the beam in the living room, we weren't expecting that. We definitely weren't expecting the wall that's being moved back in the kitchen for that to have been an engineering requirement to have been load bearing. So that was a little bit of a shock. We're going to have to reinforce a beam in the floor. So they're going to have to do some temporary support in the basement now, it sounds like. So there might be a day or two where they're down in the basement building some temporary support. So those were all things that I don't think we anticipated. Once we saw you know, all the drywall had been uh, removed and, and everything had been open, we kind of thought we were in the clear. So I guess that that news came a little later in the week. So I'm through that period. It was a little bit, it was shocking to to get some of that news. and. I struggled with that. It was a big distraction and I've come to terms with that, move forward. So everything's everything's good. Yeah, it takes some time to uh, probably get over the initial shock of finding things and changes to the budget. But this is a whole part of the process. Can we dive in now and say, how much is this going to affect the budget situation here with the changes that you guys found after demolition? On our end, the their material, the, the budget impact is is fairly significant, um, not not entirely expected. You know, as we mentioned before, we are we're fully committed to doing this and and doing it right. And these aren't things that you can uh, you can forego. The engineering work, the uh, the replacement of the roof, these are things that need to be done. And and now's the time to do them. So we're prepared to do that and and move forward and make sure things are done right. As a builder, do you guys, because I know with older homes, do you kind of account for a portion of the budget just in case there is any emergencies that come up? Not necessarily. I mean, how we structure our, our budgeting is we're, you know, fixed based on a scope of work. And if there's unknowns, you know, we try to, you know, we'll usually have that as an allowance kind of within the budget to say, hey, these are the things that might come up. You can't always predict everything in advance or or give a number in advance because, you know, then you're you're skyrocketing a budget by 200 grand just to cover for the unknown. So that's not a realistic approach either. I think it's being detailed and meticulous in your pre-planning and budgeting and, you know, having everything plan that way and if you know if there's things that come up you know just communicate it and discuss with Skyla and Justin what you know budget implications are and does it have to be done now can it be done later those kind of things we don't necessarily say hey $25,000 for you know this thing or that thing it's more so a recommendation that you know the client have a bit of a contingency set aside on top of the contract that they sign with us to cover a bit of the unknown. And really, people who are thinking about undergoing a renovation, 
need to realize that throughout this whole process, the budgets really fluctuated because we went into it thinking we were going to do a full bathroom gut upstairs and put in a freestanding shower and a separate tub and move, you know, a bunch of fixtures around and we're not doing that anymore. So that's, you know, you know, that impacted that budget in a a good way, Uh, even though the design won't be there, you know, us not doing the island anymore is impacted things. So it it is a influx and would be more challenging if you get really stuck to a number because it's not going to be that number by the end. Yeah. And I think, yeah, kind of nail it on the head. It's having that, I guess, open mind because as you get you know, more information, you're able to, you know, provide more accurate costing and, and, and budgeting. So yeah, it's just that natural progression and having to be open, uh, open-minded in terms of the scope of work and the budget. Typically, the most budget surprises happen around this demolition stage, because those are where all the unforeseens come in, because you're opening and exposing what you couldn't see before. Where as after kind of you start framing and doing your electrical plumbing rough in. And then once the walls are closed, your unexpected surprises should be pretty minimal, if none at that point. So this is the surprise stage. What's the common thing everyone says about renos, right? They, they're they going to cost more than you think and take longer than you think. And in our experience, even with smaller, smaller projects we've done, that's that's been true. So yeah, seems to hold truth. I guess that's why people say it. And I think that's something you brought up to Skyla, which is really important, is that you guys thought it was going to be a smaller reno. That's what you were going in for. And now it's turned into a larger project. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just fix this or do that. And then they get into it and they're like, oh, wait, this is a larger project than I expected. So I think you have to have an open mind when you go in. Definitely. I mean, we're not the professionals. We uh, we just have a vision in mind and we're relying on Karen Alex to enact that vision. Our timeline for home ownership here has a lot to do with it too. Like if we weren't planning to be here for the long haul, then we'd probably pass up on on some of these things that weren't not essential. But the fact that we do see ourselves being here for quite a while, now's the opportunity. When things are demoed, when things are open, if we find any of these issues, now's the time to take care of them. It'll just be more difficult and costly in the future. Your future selves will thank you. Great. And let's talk about what it's like now that you've been in there for a little bit. And of course, you brought it up, Justin, as well. They might have to come downstairs into your basement suite now and do a little bit of work. What is it like living with your two girls in the basement during the demolition? I mean, it's very noisy. Like you do not want to spend the day there. So I've, you know, avoided spending the day there, which which is fine. But yeah, it's super noisy. There's a lot of things falling from the ceiling downstairs. <laughs> a few pot lights have uh, popped out. It's pretty intense, actually. The kids were scared at the beginning, but they're they're fine now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an adjustment. We've had a few things to get adjusted to, like how to actually cook down there without blowing fuses and how to use the least amount of dishes as possible. So we're not uh, doing dishes till 10 o'clock every night. So yeah, strategizing. It's ongoing. All the things you'd expect, the noise. Luckily, I'm I'm mostly out of the house during the week. I leave before the crew starts in the morning, and and I'm home after they're they're finished up. So I'm largely uh, not subjected to to the noise. But 
there's some debris and dust that's kind of trickles down from the upper level down through the pot lights and any any gaps, uh, especially in our kind of the utilities room there where there's no drywall. So there's some cleanup to do sometime in the evenings. Obviously, nothing nothing too intense. One of the cool things though is the the girls, you know, they know that there's the reno going on, and you know we can open up the basement door and they can poke their head out. They get to see like you know this is what a house looks like behind the drywall. There's all this wood and wires and pipes and I think that's the first time they've really had an appreciation for how a house is put together and you know how you get water to a tap and why your why your lights work and so that that's been really cool to see. And what are they thinking about it? Have they said anything to you about the whole process? No I think they're just they're excited to to see what it looks like. There's lots of guessing what it's going to look like. Riley hopes there's like beanbags furniture everywhere uh so Kara you better deliver some sort of beanbag something Vivian just wants to be in Riley's room because they, they have to share a room um so she's excited to go to her room with Riley which is also her room but anyway we haven't understood that concept yet yeah it's it's good they're they're adaptable thankfully this is one of those projects where you know the client living downstairs is actually feasible Whereas in, you know, in some of them, there isn't that possibility of maintaining power at night or maintaining running water, you know, in the evening when they come back from work. So, you know, fortunately in in this project, we were able to, you know, we were able to accommodate that. It will be annoying for the electrician to go down there and he'll be doing his work in the electrical panel where, which which is downstairs um, and some of the drywall work that has to happen. But yeah, it, it shouldn't be too intrusive. You know, there's been good communication there. So we knew you know, days in advance that they were going to be down there. So we can be prepared and, and try our best to, to move things out of the way. So that's, that's been critical. You guys are so lovely and so easygoing. I want to get a little bit of dirt right now. Have there been any inconveniences to your schedule at all with this whole demolition process? Pretend Kara's not here or Alex. Okay, there was one minor leak. Day one of demo, I think one of the radiator lines or a water supply line got nicked. There was some water coming down through one of the pot lights in the basement, and it actually shorted out some of the an electrical circuit on the backside of the house. And I mean, that's kind of par for the course. Um, you know, that Alex, the other Alex was, you know, quick to acknowledge that that happened. And they had, had an electrician lined up to to come in and take a look at that. The, the major inconvenience about that was that our, we have a sump operating in the back, behind, outside the back door, um, and that was connected to this electrical circuit that failed um, due, to the, due to the water. So we had to run an extension cord from the kitchen out through our back door um, into the sump line to make sure that that, that could operate during the rainfalls. Um, and then within four or five days, that was all resolved, so... I mean, that was that was a little bit of excitement. And and the fact that it happened on day one was just kind of, you know, we just thought, looked at each other thinking, oh, no, like this, that we're not off to a good start here. Like, where, where's this going to go? But um, luckily, luckily, that was the only minor, minor bump in the road. So followed by the budget increase. <laughs> It's okay. That's the big bump in the road. (laughs) (laughs) We're accepting reality. (laughs) It's all real. And I'm glad that you guys are being super honest about this. Things happen in construction. And again, you have a great team. It's all about being honest with you, leading you through it. 
and fixing any problems that occur. So thanks again. One more question before we go. I know you mentioned it a little bit that the neighbors know the jig is up. You guys are doing a big reno. Have they had any issues with what you guys are doing or have they been pretty chill neighbors so far? Yeah, it's been pretty chill. I think it's more just curiosity. Um, everyone, you know, wants to stop by and and get a better understanding of what you're doing. Um, you know, we do have the big bins on the street. Uh, luckily, they're not really impacting any of the parking. That was maybe an initial concern that we had, but those have been managed pretty well. So I think all in all, it's been minimal impact to the neighbors. Probably some noise and some strangers or people that they don't recognize coming in and out. We've tried to do our best to, you know, make contact with our neighbors and and give them a heads up about what's going on. And there's a lot of work going on in our neighborhood, too. So I think people are fairly used to it. There's quite a few projects underway. Yeah, people, I think, are used to construction by now. Well, I hope. Anyways, this has been a great conversation. We've talked a lot about the demolition process. And thank you guys again for being so honest. We learned through this episode that you guys are going to be getting a new roof. So that's something to look forward to. We did find out Kara had a win, (laughs) which is great because she gets to make the kitchen a little bit bigger. The kitchen can be the size that we wanted it to be. So we didn't have to compromise on that, which was nice. That's great. And and what was your other win again? You had one more win. We could open up the dining room a little bit, which we were hoping for. Skyla's happy. We're all happy about it. So we kind of touched a little bit about this, but I want to know, like, at this stage, the demolition stage, I just want to check in with you, Skyla and Justin. How are you uh, physically and emotionally now that we've done the demolition part? Yeah, no, things are feeling better. I mean, anything to get out of the packing phase, I was, you know, bring on the demo. Something about packing is (laughs) horrible. So we're just anticipating and and excited still. Maybe that's adrenaline. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we're happy to see how things are going to go. The first week was challenging. I there was a lot of change, not only just the the demo starting, but you know, setting up uh, my home office in a new location. That was, that was different. Um, Still, you know, fully committed at work for a regular schedule. So, but you know, these things, you know, they, they sink in, they take time and then, and then you get comfortable with them and then just in time for, for something new to come along. Right. So it's been really exciting to see the progress um, and things, things progressing so quickly after, after spending so many months uh, planning and and leading up to this, um, it's all starting to happen. So we're looking forward to continuing on with the process and, and ultimately, you know, seeing the final product. Awesome. And this is a question for Alex. I don't want to give the homeowners any more heart attacks. Uh, We're heading into the plumbing and electrical rough-in stage. Any foreseeable concerns? Uh, On the electrical side, uh, nothing really of concern. On the plumbing side, um, you know, we'll be looking at replacing some of those water lines for the boiler, uh, those existing copper lines. So, that is something that uh, we're looking at with the plumber and, you know, we'll be talking to Skyla and Justin about what are our options here and what do we need to do? How are you guys feeling about that stage, Skyla and Justin? Yeah, good. I mean, I don't, I don't see moving into demo. It was the great unknown. I, I don't think there is as many unknowns now that we've, we've kind of exposed this. So I think hopefully this will just be more fairly standard electrical and plumbing work as we move forward, knock on wood. I think it becomes that evolution of a project where, you know, it's it's nerve wracking at first, uh, you know, it will be for the first, you know, 
couple months where, you know, you don't really see any progress, but I think once, you know, you're there and you start seeing the drywall go up and then you see the floor go down and it's tangible, right? You can see things happening and usually the client's moods change around then because all those, you know, extras have been dealt with and all that stuff is kind of out of the way. So yeah, it's, it's just the normal process of, you know, nerve wracking at first. And then that, that changes as you move along. And you start to see all the pieces put together. Okay, so thank you guys so much again for joining us today. Next time, like we mentioned, we're going to be discussing the electrical and plumbing rough-in stage. Good luck to everyone. Hopefully there's no more big surprises. And we'll see you in approximately four weeks. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Measure Twice, Cut Once is grateful to our podcast partners, Fortis BC and Ethical Flooring. Their support helps us share expert knowledge and resources with families looking to build, design, and renovate the home right for you. Ethical Flooring is located in North Vancouver and specializes in the supply and installation of brand name flooring for residential renovations and custom-built homes. And the BC Energy Step Code Program is a provincial standard moving the entire home building industry forward to build homes to better energy efficiency standards, which means better health, comfort, and safety. Be sure to check out betterhomesbc.ca to talk to your renovator or builder for the latest energy rebates and resources. If you've enjoyed this episode or have a friend or family member looking to renovate, be sure to share this podcast simply by following and sharing the podcast you'll be entered in to win a Napoleon Prestige P500 stainless steel natural gas barbecue valued at $1,549, compliments of Fortis BC. Season 4's Real-Time Reno has real resources we can all learn from. See you next time. From the latest community news to informative, entertaining reads for travelers and the cannabis curious. Just visit your local Black Press Media community newspaper website to sign up today.